Well, Brent is gay and Kaylin's gay and Clark is gay and Ryan's gay and Adam's gay. It's homo superior. Issue 173. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And I'm Woo! back after so many missed episodes. Welcome back. Hey. Brent it's, Wingate. I, it's I so nice to wilderness. have the whole team here <laughs> gosh it really does warm my heart to see you all um this week we've got some exciting stuff there's an election in krakoa and you can make your voice heard for some reason uh we've got our first <laughs> impressions of the third episode of wandavision uh we've got the comic loads you need there's a quick news flash and of course clark's got something um, let's start out with our election. Uh, as revealed in X-Men number 16, Cyclops and Jean Grey shared the need for a new X-Men team to protect the mutant nation of Krakoa and to fight uh, for mutant kind on their behalf. Uh, a number of nominations have been accepted since then, um, <laughs> but there's like the last member of the X-Men is available for you, the reader, to actually select. They give you a set selection of X-Men so that people don't have any awful writing campaigns. Uh, but the ones that are available are Banshee, Polaris, Forge, Boom Boom, Tempo, Cannonball, Sunspot, Strong Guy, terrible name, uh, mm. Amero, and Armor. So uh, first, um, I want to know, who did you guys vote for? Caleb. I voted for Sunspot because I absolutely love the character, uh, especially as Hickman uh, revitalized him when he was writing Avengers and New Avengers about uh, seven or eight years ago. He's been in a lot of fun in New Mutants. We'll talk about uh, this week's uh, issue of New Mutants about why I think he'd, he'd make a wonderful foil for Cyclops um, because he would completely sort of like very jovially undermine him at any time. Um, I don't know. Hickman just has a really good grasp on him, and I think we need some ethnic diversity. And Bobby De Costa is a Afro Brazilian, and I think he'd be great. Uh, Ryan, I uh, this is a group of stinkers, but I do I I do love all of them. So like anyone that wins, I just want to say you're oh. doing great work currently, um, except Mero. But I do think that the entire uh, like cast of characters would be super fun, especially if it's like a distinguished character, like like really X-Men characters. And then we have one of these wild cards in there. But uh, my vote went to Boom Boom. And I, uh, I love her. And I think the reason why I want to see her excel on this new team is because uh, she she's been in the background for so long that I think she could step it up to the main X-Men team, which we haven't seen before. She is also some comedic relief. Um, she likes to call people biatches a lot. And I think that can play into like a lot of funness. Um, with that all said, uh, I honestly, anyone on this cast, like potential cast would be super fun. I I'm excited for everyone. Clark, were you being facetious when you said group of stinkers? No, yeah, I you know okay. I love like third and fourth tier, so no, no none of the first. The, I already said that the six that are currently winning, quote unquote. Um, I don't think are stinkers at all. I think they're fucking amazing characters, which 
basically everyone but Mero. And I mean, I love Cannonball too, but he's not going to make it. But Mero, I don't like. Tempo, not fan of. And I forgot the other one because I don't care. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, just wrong guy. Everyone guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those three shouldn't be there. Um, Top three are Polaris, Banshee, and Sunspot, according to Marvel's most recent release of information, which I find ridiculous that it's not real time because obviously I don't want people to like fuck around with it, but it's still just the funniest thing to me. Sorry, Clark. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel, I, I voted for Polaris, obviously. And then my mother, air quotes, voted for Sunspot because, you know, I'm like a, a 1960s white male forcing this woman to vote the same way that he does. <laughs> so, yeah, because I think Sunspot would be the more dynamic interaction between he and, he and um, yeah. Cyclops would be awesome. Just, you know, sniping against each other the entire time. And be a more interesting version of he and uh, Wolverine. Now that Wolverine and he are cool, um, but I can't. I can't vote against Polaris. I can't do it. I can't. I know she, Ryan. There's no way Ryan could vote against Boom Boom. Yeah, <laughs> I'm legally bound. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I voted Polaris. I, I don't know. I haven't really seen her and Jean together in millennia, so I don't know how they'll re relate to each other nowadays. I don't think they've really done anything since she came back from the dead. I don't know. Which what? time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 15, 20, 20 years ago? I don't even know. Adam, who did you pick? I was originally a Marrow stand because I was a huge fan of Marvel versus Capcom 2, in which she is a ridiculous character screaming Bonarang on a consistent. <laughs> I'm going to take you for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just I it was definitely like it was not good but it was a formative moment in my childhood of reading comics where she was in them and like her character stood out more from the game than the comic and then she had that whole like transformation either way over time I was just like you know I don't I really wanted to pick a character that hasn't really had a lot done with them uh and so I actually ended up flipping to tempo because I thought like tempo and armor could both be really interesting since we've always kind of we've always talked about on this podcast that there just hasn't been this singular vision for armor. She's always kind of more side character-y, so it'd be great to pull her to the forefront. But it's like she's had a lot of time, and they obviously haven't been able to build her or get her to fit in a really great way for the team. So I just feel like Tempo, she had her whiskey-making contest with uh, during uh, Marauders. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot. There's There could be nothing there. And again, I would imagine most of these people are just going to be like, written in outside panels with as many lines that Storm had during Guggenheim's run. But <laughs> I, I'd like to at least see a new character and maybe have them have a couple of quips um, once in a while. I, I'm really riding on the um, Hellions train that I want to see like a really fun, random group of people really mix it up a little bit. I'd almost want to just see this be the X-Men team, right? Like every other X-Men's die. And they're like, sure, this 10 is now it's taking over. Someone posted that online. What if this is the actual team and everyone's freaking out? And I was like, that is good. Yeah. Also, also yeah. Tempo just needs a new outfit. She's wearing a yeah. bucket. She's wearing a bucket. Yeah. I mean, as we talked about last week, um, my niece who's two wants Polaris and Sunspot to get together. So if they were in the same team, maybe they could. <laughs> Kaylin? Yeah, so uh, it's funny that somebody says, like, if these 10 made the X-Men team, it's very, like, latter-day Outback era where it's like, there's not even a team. It's just, <laughs> here's Forge, here's Banshee, 
Uh, and here's Psylocke all of a sudden in an Asian body, like in the early, this is like late eighties, <laughs> early nineties. It's like, I remember as a kid reading, I was like, this is the fucking X-Men. What the hell's happening? I did love it though. So it would be great. I wouldn't mind these 10 being all part of a team except Marrow because I can't stand well, her. What if instead they had it be kind of like, what's the uh, the main council in the, the UN, the nuclear council or whatever? The quiet like, council? No, the four sitting members plus uh, a rotating member or whatever. Um, but basically like security you have the, the security council, you have like the X-Men team, but they're like constantly auditioning new characters to see who would kind of fit oh. the best and that oh. rather than rather than go by like what the audience wants they go by how the audience responds to any mm -hmm. of the characters so it's so funny you say that because grant morrison when he was writing jla before new x-men he did that in the latter half of his run it's like every issue or every storyline had a different new rotating member of the justice league like he even had catwoman on once because why not it's fucking catwoman um, for me, I think it's like, it's a kind of odd selection of characters to have because I don't think of like Polaris as being in the same category of character as Strong Guy. Um, <laughs> but I also like, okay, so Sunspot, I understand why you'd want him. He's kind of like a good contrast. I find his voice really annoying, but I understand why people can be endeared to that kind of narcissism. Polaris, to me, the risk is like, the more you put Polaris out there, the more likely you are to fuck up her voice. Yeah. I don't want that. I'm very, I'm very protective of that kind of character. <laughs> so for me, it was I, I picked Tempo because I thought they were the kind of most blank uh, kind of canvas that you could you could make a super serious character who is also very funny. You could make a you know kind of like determined character who fits really well with the group but has some other ideological contrast. I don't think you can have like the Hellions type constant chaos because this is the X-Men team. There needs to be that kind of like, there needs to be a philosophical difference between them rather than like practical logistical ones. I'm I don't just, know if anyone has any, yeah. I'm not into her power set at all. I, I yeah. don't want to deal with time manipulation. I'm so over that stuff in terms of it's plot tough. i don't yeah. i don't care about going back in time and dealing with this that and the other thing x-men have done it so much that it's exhausting and uh, i think the main, oh, main issue with her also polaris and strong guy were on the same team for decades right I, yeah to me they are in the same not she's a much better character but in the same league in terms of just also armor was a member of the x-men as well oh yeah, yeah sorry right? Uh, Kayla and then Adam. So um, it's it's theorized that Cyclops and Jean are creating like an alternative power base to the Quiet Council, right? That's why they're bringing the X-Men back. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you have someone like Sunspot on there, not just because of his quippiness and his power, but also the fact that he's rich as fuck and he can fund yeah. whatever they need. Um, and I, I think they'll need that because Professor X is like, depends on who's writing him as like a gazillionaire himself. <laughs> and and so um, if they're going to be operating off of Krakoa or the blue area of the moon or wherever, like, you know, they need they need a little bit of uh, cold, hard cash. And Bobby DaCosta definitely has that. Helen, I think you need a reminder about how uh, expensive bones are. And Marrow's just constantly <laughs> pumping out high value <laughs> bones to be sold hey, at the highest. Kaylin, 
Kaylin, there's a reason they call dollars bones. <laughs> Give me some bones. Is that what that show was about with David Boreanaz? It was about <laughs> dollars, right? Okay. Selling of woman's bones? Um, yeah, I, there you go. I will say it's funny that no one picked him, but I do think he actually would be a pretty good fit. I kind of like him more where he is right now on X-Force, but for yeah. kind of like a cool return, and I think he'd have a lot of good, like, quippy back and forth because, like, you know, he's a cr crotchety old guy with, sometimes ulterior motives because he's kind of as like in that beast mode uh sort of thing and so i think i would you know again i think we all agree like any one of them could fit i'm trying to think of like what would give the most reaction but we also don't know who's who else is on the x-men team right like uh, the yeah. one we just read this week it's just three of them uh yeah. storm gene gray and cyclops and so i'm like it, it all really a lot of it also depends on what the makeup is of the rest of the team and what they'll bring um so I don't know, Ryan. I, Clark, what are we going to say? I said, I'm just, I'm very surprised how thus far, how high Banshee is. Not, just because yeah, I think, right? I, I like Banshee a lot. He's very underrated, but he hasn't really had any, besides the weird apocalypse nonsense thing that happened about 10 years ago. I don't even know. The, the apocalypse twins and all this nonsense yeah. was awful. But anyways, um, he hasn't had any development since Generation X. <laughs> yeah it's i mean he's one of sort of the all new all different so i can see why people just kind of want a return to that is the only way i'm kind of thinking about i can see pretty much all of these x-men being on the team except poor strong guy and sure enough he is in last <laughs> last 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 place like he i i do like him and he's been through some shit he literally killed rain's um uh, he, child. He but, was the king of hell. He was the king of hell. Why wouldn't yeah. you want the king of hell on your team? Yes, well, maybe you should start a rock band instead of being on the X Men because, like, I don't. I'm. I'm. We're a motorcycle gang. Strong guy in the kings of hell. Yeah. Uh, so, just saying really quickly on like you know the rankings that uh, Marvel put out with uh, Glob Herman as in his best Steve Kornacki uh, <laughs> chinos. I, th I like. I'm not saying it's rigged necessarily, but I don't necessarily trust it because we're not seeing the vote. Oh, not at all. So <laughs> we've got to see some canvassers. We got to have some poll watchers here. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad that Sunspot's in the top three, but you know, uh, I mean, there might be a little bit of rigging going on here. Yeah, but Kaylin, you know, you know that if Kaylin, no one, we don't if need no that. one, we've already talked about how time. all the bullshit that's been going on with the negative campaigns online. We don't need any of this extra negative shit about I, elections i'm not i'm not, just i don't want it i'm just i'm just no, bringing i'm bringing no. it up all we right we should talk negative about this online all right all right. all right all right all right the, the good thing is we all win with yeah, this yeah, election yes good good <laughs> stories for all all right so the election results along with the full x-men team will be unveiled during the hellfire gala uh in the marvel comics this june um, the results will be determined by your vote. So share on Twitter with the uh, hashtag X-Men vote, uh, who you voted for and the campaign itself. Um, you can vote at marvel.com slash X-Men vote. Um, you have until February 2nd to make your voice be heard. Um, obviously, <laughs> this is the most this important, is the most important. of our time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you think right, would, be the, would be the grumpy Bernie of this? Um, probably Forge, right? Forge that makes would, sense. Oh, yeah. 
It's no, um, Banshee. It's Banshee. Oh, Banshee about? too. Yeah, he's like, I died, and I'm pretty sure Bernie said the same <laughs> uh, but thing. But he would say, I died. That's not an Irish accent. <laughs> what would what, what, what I would died? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm dead. All right, <laughs> moving on. Um, so, WandaVision episode three came out now in color. Um, it puts Wanda and Viz in the 1970s Partridge Family style home. Wanda is full of unexpected surprises. Vision gets a little more curious about his quirky neighborhood. And Geraldine learns that the fastest way out of town is by air. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, biggest gag? What was your? What was the biggest gag? Your favorite Easter egg? Uh, Caleb. Uh, the biggest gag for me was probably the stork coming to life and being in the background while Geraldine is trying to tell this like inane story to Wanda. It's very evocative of, uh, of sitcoms during that era, uh, which the showrunners have done a really nice job of emulating because it's like, you know, you have the character who's trying to hide something by wearing a raincoat or having a bowl in front of them. And like the, uh, other, the other cast members are completely oblivious to it. There's clearly a giant fucking bird behind Geraldine and she's not even, you know, paying attention. Uh, but I, I love it. I just, uh, I think it's, it's an absolutely fun show so far. Incredible that you can hide a pregnancy with a small fruit bowl. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, obviously it's a big joke, but the whole time I was like, this is the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I hate that they did this all the time in the seventies uh, and eighties. So you hate yourself from they, it. They, they, yeah. Like I fell for it. Yeah. I also cover my pregnancies with uh, a fruit bowl. I eat a big the meal and I then I carry a fruit bowl. <laughs> the only thing I give credit for is the, that they kept the running gag of this awful size chart for babies being a fruit. Yes, yes. Uh, it's like, wait, isn't our papayas pretty substantially large? Uh, Clark, and then Kate. Well, I, still, I still watch soap operas sometimes during a hospital in Days of Our Lives, and I love that they still do this. You can, you know when an actress is pregnant, uh, oh. when they stop showing them from the from like below the chest, and it, it happens constantly. The, <laughs> Yeah. Suddenly this actress has a new wardrobe the entire time. They're always standing yeah. behind some counter, all this kind of shit. And it's hilarious because you're literally seeing it in real time for nine straight months almost <laughs> of this woman going through this weird tel like filmed process. Kaylin. So they did that in the Cosby show in the late 80s with Felicia Rashad. Uh, when she was pregnant, they kept giving her like bigger and bigger like coats to wear and like not filming her uh, below below her chest as Clark mentioned. And then they just wrote her off for like six episodes. She was just in Washington, D.C. for like six weeks. I'm like, <laughs> as a kid, I was like, where the fuck is Claire? Where's Claire Huxable? But Adam, I wanted to guess your favorite gag was, going back to the fruit for a second, is when v Vision goes, I'm going to be a proud Papa Ya. And I'm like, that's yeah. a goddamn Adam Kasari <laughs> joke right there. I've ever heard one and I want to kill him. Nailed that. Uh, my my actual biggest gag is why they didn't release all three episodes at once because yeah. I fucking <sighs> loved like just one two three together. Uh, I'm in love with the show. It just it kind of blew my mind. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, uh, and the, and the critics too got the first three episodes, so they're like, it's great. And then like I think a lot of like uh, feedback online, the negative feedback was like the first two left you being like. What is happening right okay. now? Especially if you're not a comic book reader. Like, if you're a comic book reader you and you know the Vision series and you know House of M, then you're like, I know what's happening. Especially when she was having a baby, you were like, 
when is the other one coming? Like, yeah. it, it, it's weird being in this, like, I've already read the book sort of like, yeah. like space right now, but um, I'm still digging it. I still even like their fight, but like, Billy, Tommy, what if we had to, like, I, I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. Like, that was my gag. Like, it was so obvious that it was coming, but I, I was here for it, honestly. Yeah. And the way she reacts to when you say Ultron, woo, but <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So uh, um, Elizabeth Olsen being this kind of very ominous actor was not something I really expected that she would do incredibly well, but I thought it was fantastic. I think that her interaction with Geraldine was probably the most interesting part of the episode, mm-hmm. but I did kind of get this feeling that, okay, we're moving from decade to decade. That's fun. I mean, you guys have spent a lot of money on set pieces, Uh, (laughs) but at a certain point, it kind of feels like, okay, they're better. I'm hoping there's a reason why they only gave out three episodes because in four and after it really takes off. This felt a little too repetitive for me. Um, The kind of B plot of Vision interacting with the, you know, kind of screwing up neighbor who's chopping through the concrete wall. Mm. Um, I think, you know, it, it, it felt stale. Uh, Kalen? Uh, I disagree with you a little bit. I actually am uh, kind of glad that we only got the first two episodes and then we got the third one after that. Like if we had gotten all three, that would have been just fine with me, but I didn't mind it being broken up this way. And it, I, it didn't feel repetitive to me because the other show that I kept thinking about, especially after this most recent third episode, was The Prisoner, which is a late 60s spy show mm-hmm. with uh, Patrick McGowan, where he's like a, uh, a, a spy for the British government. He wants to quit. They put him on this island called The Village. Each episode, he has to try to get off. And so uh, he, like the, the, the repetition is kind of what made it work a little bit because he had to find different ways to, to outmaneuver the, uh, the folks that oversaw The Village and then him failing in, in every time. So I, I think you need a little bit of that uh, foundation of that, of that repetition uh, for the latter half of the season to be like, oh shit, this is what they were trying to do. Yeah, The Prisoner is really uh, good. Adam. I saw it for the first time in April. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, so watch that. Oh, is it really? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, Adam? Yeah. I know, I was just going to say, like, I, again, I, it's all going to really come down to where this plays out. And I think it's like mileage may vary, right, on a week-to-week basis. Because I think there's either people hedging their bets. I'm bringing it up because of GameStop, but they're hedging their <laughs> bets that there's gonna be <laughs> that there's gonna be like long-term payoff. And I think I, I know me. You know, I'm very much like I feel like this is gonna go somewhere. It feels like it's pretty meticulously planned. I think like they were smart, very smart to go the like kind of 30-minute route, sort of sitcommy. Because if it was dragged out, ooh boy, I would have fucking hated the show. But I do feel yeah. like it's pretty tight. I can appreciate that, like, obviously it's been three rounds of this, like, okay, just tell us what the fuck is going on. But I do think it's like, it's kind of opened itself up really nicely. And and again, like a uh, non-joking gag, I really enjoyed obviously when Geraldine got shot out of the space and then it went into full, you know, visual change. Like I might've been a little bit high when I was watching it, but I like lost yeah. my shit. I was like, oh my God, this is oh, yeah. the fucking coolest thing ever. So I just... <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I just say I love a video ratio change. Just yes. The screen slowly moving. Oh, it's so good. 
There's just uh, a lot of elements to really enjoy it. Obviously, um, any show that involves Katherine Hahn acting like our friend Katie Ozog on a weekly basis, <laughs> I can watch. Yeah, uh, Ryan. <laughs> well, well, well said, Adam. Especially mm-hmm. the pan out with Katie Ozog being there. No, um, no, but like the, the pan out was alarming. And I think I'm hoping, I'm fingers fucking crossed in the way that Marvel did with uh, the Avengers movies where they only showed certain things. I hoped in terms of like the marketing, all the stuff we've seen before is all leaning into these early, early episodes. So we're getting almost like a full movie at the tail end of the season where we're in the real world, we're dealing with, we're seeing battles, we're seeing all of that stuff. I would love to, I would love to be surprised by all the footage, all the special effects, by all the stuff that's happening in the latter half of the season, because we've only seen teasers for the beginning half. Caleb? So uh, going back to Adam's point about uh, these being sort of 30 minute, uh, 35 minute sort of segments, um, the showrunners and Kevin Feige even said that they are not gonna be bound by that. And so every episode, some will be 30 minutes, some could be 45, some could be 60. It's all about the, the story they're trying to tell. So to Ryan's point, maybe as we get later on in the season where it becomes more cinematic and then like you kind of see everything converging, we could have like 45 minute to hour long episodes, which I am super excited about. So I have a question for y'all um, based on like, you know, what we saw in the first three episodes and how, you know, they hit certain uh, cultural touchstones from, from a sitcom perspective. The next one likely will go into the eighties, which uh, like um, sitcom or sitcoms do you think they're going to, uh, to be able to, the lampoon in, in that episode. Uh, Why don't you start with this, Kaylin? <laughs> oh, um, I was resident subject matter expert Kaylin Bantia is here. What do you think about the? <laughs> um, I was thinking the two of the most famous uh, '80s sitcoms, or maybe three, would be The Cosby Show, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Family Ties, and Cheers. And Cheers being like you know the workplace comedy. The first two being family comedies, so. I don't think it'll be Cheers. I think it'll probably be a little bit more like Family Ties or Cosby Show. Um, what like about Who's the Boss? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, ugh, awful. Um, but growing like, like, pains. Growing pains. Also awful. But yeah, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to pick an obscure one. It's a little known show called That 80s Show. And it was... No! <laughs> you're a monster! Although that's um, Glenn Howerton before Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No! Shit, I didn't know he was on that show. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, I'm gonna throw one out. How about Alf? Like everyone <laughs> finds out that Vision is an alien and then they start treating no, him like it. I but think it's really very, that's very spot on though. Where that is you know, spot on. That's great. What about or Mama's family? In, you know, no, in that same <laughs> in that same vein. Um, you ever see Small Wonder? Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. 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 That would be very Fucker. good for Vision. Yeah. That, w- that. that would actually be, that's a gr- both of those are great suggestions. I'll give you my money now. Catherine Hahn, they always have to have some weird neighbors. So I was thinking in terms of weird neighbor-ishness, um, a, a bit of a Three's Company vibe hmm. could exist. Cause they always, they had Mr. They always <laughs> had really fucked up, like, you know, someone come in and do some, like Don Knotts showing up and just being a shithead for, yeah. I hope years. Vision's a homosexual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know um, what I was so, thinking because you guys, okay. you never Tell asked us. me the, well, because you asked everyone else the question and not me. 
Um, I didn't ask the question. You know, you asked everybody um, what they what the Easter egg they liked was, and then you never asked me. So uh, what I really sorry. like is wait, the, wait, wait, um, wait, 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 Clark. Uh, what was your favorite Easter egg? I didn't have one. Um, my oh. favorite, <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I'm really liking what they're doing with every one of the every opening, just how like real it is to uh, what the um, oh, decade is. And I love the 70s ones that just like everyone's rock walking down the street and slap each other in the back and they come out of some bank and they're just like, hi, is all the hell. It is the cheese volleyest, most wonderfully yes. dumb things. I wish the 70s was literally just that. Oh, <laughs> I miss it. Those gross colors of like greens and yellows and like woods in on yeah. top of like concrete. I'm like, oh, give it to me, please. <laughs> I just love a good like brown orange and some sort of <laughs> pea green vomit green. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So what's okay. going on, Brick? Um, well, I I do I do think I do actually like that point a lot because I think there's a lot of old school TV uh, Easter eggs that like Marvel fans might not be picking up on, but that are available for like older audiences oh, totally. who you know might have like kids or grandkids that they they would watch this with um so uh you know once wandavision is over we will be doing an extra issue uh where we're going to go in depth on the series and talk more broadly about themes the entire show's structure and of course where things can go so check that out for when the show ends um let's move on to our uh comics um kaylin great our comics guy mm. Uh, I'm Comic Sans. Um, so this week, wait, 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 only... hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Clark, do you have anything you want to say about this week's comics before we? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kaylin, go for it. <laughs> uh, so this week, it's just we only have Reign of X books. We didn't have any Pink and Black uh, uh, that we're currently reading. So it's four books. Uh, and I think they were all pretty strong, but we'll go over each one of them. So first up, it's New Mutants number 15. Uh, the writer is Vita Ayala. Artist is Rod Reese. It's Vita's second issue. And this felt a lot like the Marauders issue we read a couple of weeks ago, where it was like a bunch of different storylines kind of all happening. It felt a lot longer than it actually was in a good way. So we've got, you know, the, uh, the older New Mutants, like Magic and Warpath, like training the, 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 the kiddos, as I like to call them. Uh, you know, you got Shadow King, like doing his serpent in the Garden of Eden thing. Uh, um, uh, Cosmar wants to join the Crucible so she can get reborn and have like a more, you know, humanoid, like humanoid features. We finally have the wedding reception of Bay and Cypher. Uh, and it just was, um, this, this issue, excuse me, just gave me a lot of joy uh, because uh, Vita has uh, the voices really down Rod Reese's art is just absolutely breathtaking, gorgeous to read. And it, it's like, finally, this book has goddamn direction. It took 14 issues or 13 issues, but it's got some goddamn direction. Brent? I think uh, to go touch on what you're saying about how many storylines there are, it's the thing that I like about it is that, you know, if any particular storyline might start to feel a little bit boring, they have like three or four others that they can jump to and it's it's a kind of a trick but it's a trick that's very effective because you feel like this is a rich shakespearean world where different plot lines might affect things down the road and 
if certain ones don't really pan out, you know, it's not gonna kill the entire book, um, you know, for you as a, a reader, Ryan? Uh, a lot of times, especially with a book that's entitled New Mutants, New X-Men, stuff like that, um, a lot of the readers get very mad uh, for uh, various reasons uh, that don't make sense. So, like, I want more young X-Men. I want legacy X-Men. I want X-Men that are upside down and not themselves and, like, body switch. And those are and, all like, your, your, like, your complaints, and right? And I'm just writing that on a piece of paper, yeah. <laughs> But with that all said, it's um, it, they're doing everything for everyone, which is really nice because you're training a new series of like X-Men, which I really love. You're, you're getting some of the classic new mutants like stories in there too. Like, especially the one with Rain, I think uh, Tear, her son was not talked about for such a long time. So this is really interesting to read about now. Even if you don't know much, it's it's you can kind of get that from those info pages or whatever. Uh, overall, it's it's just uh, I I really like the world Vita's creating right now because it's it's really entertaining and I I, I the art is chaotic and do I feel uh, unbalanced while I'm reading it? Yes, <laughs> but I kind of like that too. Like it it feels like a chaotic world that they're currently in. Uh, with that. Okay. Uh, it's just so good. I, I'm, 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 I'm surprised myself with how much I like New Mutants now. I, I wanted to hop into Rain for a little bit. Um, I found that very intriguing that they like Rain Boy or what? No, Rain. <laughs> you just fucking talked about Wolf Spain. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, fuck off. Um, he, <laughs> she, when she was talking about Tear <laughs> and just he's the fact that he's literally not on the list. Period. I want, to, I want to kind of figure out the reasoning uh, behind that. I don't know if like, there's at least yeah. some we don't want to deal with people who are magic-based. Yeah. Also, the, Well, explain the Excalibur that, to me. It was, weird, <laughs> it was weird when they showed him as a baby in her mind, because right. she never met him as a baby. She saw him as a monster who ate a, ate a man, yeah. or ate a man who was in a kid's body, and then she ran the fuck away and then never saw him until he was like 14 years old. So what is what the happened. justification? What do you I, think? I don't know what I don't know what that picture was about. Um, the <laughs> other thing is, it's weird because I, the entire time, I was I was watching that watching that scene, looking at that scene, all I could think about was the fucked up relationship she had with Elix, Elixir when uh -huh. she um, statutorily raped him, for, and and the fact that I just don't want her anywhere near him ever again and the fact that he's part of the five means that that interaction that that is still in my mind it's never not gonna be my mind so i forgot I'm, all about that that thanks for reminding Alvin me was gross she was his teacher and then she slept with him when he was a minor and that no one ever really was too concerned Emma frost fired her but not like you raped a kid um, Did, it was just I'm not, just, the I'm, not ju I'm not justifying anything but didn't they try to justify it like rain was 19 and he was like 17 or something like that no, weren't they trying was, to justify it like that back in the day which he, is still not matter. cool she but. was his teacher she was his teacher she was completely his, agree. power and privilege yeah yeah i mean is that might that not be a reason that uh he's not in the queue <laughs> They're just like, fuck this statutory rapist. <laughs> it looks that, would like, uh... big, that would be a very bold stand by Marvel to be like, she raped me. So no, no. <laughs> I know I joked about it, but I do think it is to Clark's point. I think it is something that he's magic based. It's um, 
because you know he's not just a pure mutant you know there is that sort of like mystical other worldly stuff about him and so uh he's not on any queue right now adam the only thing i was going to quickly say about this issue is that it was exactly what i wanted from that x-factor issue a couple of issues ago i guess or maybe it was the most recent one whenever they had all the new x-men and it was like that big celebration and like there was supposed to be interesting stuff happening while people were talking, but there yeah, wasn't. Yeah. Like everything about New Mutants really hit hard and I liked it. And again, I'm not even very close to that from my childhood or even like with some of the newer stuff. But yeah, I agree. Vida, they're really kicking it out of the park. Uh, kicking it, they're hitting it out of the park. Kicking. But uh, kicking that ball. Um, but no, I, I, I just again, yeah, I agree. I, and I do like, I kind of like the trippy artwork and it was like a really interesting week for artwork. And I know we'll go probably over each issue. They're very, very different. Um, but I feel like this one definitely had like a style and panache. And like, I love the way that they're always painting Shadow King. Like he's always like weirdly staring and then he turns away and it gets really red. It's very like manga or anime-esque where you're like, okay, you don't have to like overdo the fact <laughs> that this guy is an evil asshole, but it's just really <laughs> funny to me. I thought it was kind of cool, Caleb. Yeah, Rod Reese is definitely uh, trying to evoke uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, who like had his like epic run on New Mutants. So I fucking love that. Uh, I do want to just briefly talk about. Uh, I'm so happy to see Gabby. She's going by yeah, Scout yeah. now, not Honey Badger. Uh, like, so so happy. Uh, I know, but uh, whatever. Uh, and also, I loved her interaction with Dokken, Uh and like I almost want Vita to start writing X Factor because mm. that one little scene in the boneyard with uh, Dokken and Aurora kind of having their quasi-date and like Gabby coming in to kind of fuck it up. Like, I'm like, oh, this just makes me so happy. Like, it's just so charming. Um, I don't know, I, I, I just absolutely love it. Right? I was on the same, oh, sorry. I literally want to hop on the exact same boat. Um, I, all I was thinking about was that she would be a better X-Factor writer as well. Um, but also- they, but they, are, they are pronouns. Sorry, okay, they, excuse they me. They is their pronoun. Sorry, Vita, Jesus. Um, that um, if every issue they just threw a little bit of X factor in there just yeah. for it to be just to make the actual team more interesting that someone else is actually doing a better job writing it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of fun because so many times in X Men lore, they, they X Men live for the big soap opera reveal at the end of things, and so everyone's so many people are interacting with Shadow King right now and no one's talking about it. So like, mm -hmm. it's it's funny to see it on the other side where you see him implanting his himself in these minds of these like kids right now. So we when, I, I feel like they could do a panel later where it's like, oh, Shadow King and like all these, and us as the readers and some of these kids already fucking know because uh, X-Men trope is constantly that. So it's nice to see it from the other side of it of like how it came to be in a different way. Uh, one last thing I'll say, and we'll move on to Excalibur, but um, I'm actually surprised they're letting Shadow King just kind of do his own thing and not putting him on Hellions or putting him under like more like a watchful eye. I mean, Charles Xavier <laughs> should be like, Farouk is a goddamn monster. Yep, we let him on like every other mutant, but he should not be corrupting our children, our next generation of X-Men or of mutants. But anyways, uh, moving on to Excalibur number 17, Teeny Howard and Marcus Stowe, for the uh, regular uh, creative team. Um, we have, we find out what happens to Betsy. Uh, she is in a universe where she uh, swaps bodies with um, the person who was the regent, the queen herself of, of the United Kingdom. 
uh, and uh, she gets help from Angel, who is her boyfriend in this universe, uh, and as well as his ex ex-wife, uh, Quanon, uh, to, to be able to try to get back to you know her her dimension. Uh, meanwhile, um, Pete Wisdom gets asked by uh, by the uh, Akaba uh, to like find out what exactly happened to Betsy Braddock because there is no Captain Britain actually running around. In this universe, uh, he has to go find out what's going on. He interacts with the rest of the Excalibur team. And again, this is a frustrating book because there are parts of it I really enjoy, specifically the stuff dealing with Betsy in this other universe. And then when you bring in the regular Excalibur team, I just absolutely lose interest. I would second that. Um, I, I'm the, the thing that disappoints you the most about this issue is that it was such a quick transition i actually was like kind of enjoying this like maybe potential time for her to better teeny howard to better build out this betsy we should know and love because i think it's been really hard to connect with this character over all these issues even though she's literally the main character of this story and this uh this series and i was just i all the stuff that was happening in the alternate reality or different universe was more interesting than what's happening in the real reality so i'm like no why would you fucking wait because like the writing was fun. I liked kind of her interaction with Angel. It was very like, uh, it felt a little bit Hallmark movie when it came to the romance, but I just enjoyed, and especially the react, the, the conversation between her and Quanon in that reality was fantastic. It was like what should be kind of happening in some regard that they keep pushing off or disappearing away in, in regular reality. But yeah, the minute it flipped back to this fucking team, who I should love, because it's, it's like an animated series team. It's Rogue, it's Gambit, it's Jubilee. Pete Wisdom is very fun. I like Richter because he's gay. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Why is this so difficult to like tell a fun, interesting plot? Everything just feels weirdly rushed or like the voices are something weird. I did enjoy her. I did write the right, I don't know Pete Wisdom very well. I'm sure there's probably other people that like really write him or something. I did enjoy the way that Pete came across in the book and I'd actually like him to be evolved a lot more because I think he adds a much needed flair to the boring team that exists on this, this cast. Uh, Clark? This was the problem with Excalibur from the beginning. She writes everything so fucking fast that there's no chance to breathe and get any real story out of it. Like we, we said that for the first 10 issues. She's a now where she's immediately back to this. We loved her, what she was doing during Excalibur, the um, X of Swords, but now it's just back to this too fast shit show. The only thing I really liked about the portrayal of Wisdom was the fact that they don't have him smoking anymore. They have him having a lollipop all the time. He always, <laughs> yeah, because he was like the biggest smoker ever in in the Excalibur run. He originally was introduced in. Brent, I think it could be so fun to show that you know in this alternate reality, Betsy is the queen, and then to not really reflect on it for a little bit, maybe maybe a couple of issues, and then they finally get her back, right. and then we explore and find out that while Betsy was the queen, rather than having that, uh, you know, romantic comedy type, <laughs> oh, we can't have people finding out, like we gotta, we gotta scurry you out of the castle and, you know, that instead she actually fucks shit up as yeah. the queen and that she tries to do this heartfelt apology with uh, Quanon, but she has to also acknowledge the fact that she's not really apologizing to the person from her reality that she did this to. Um, you could have gotten a lot of more emotion out of this. You could have gotten a lot more 
uh, seeds for the future storylines. Mm -hmm. And because it just happened so quickly, no, there's no real payoff. You're just, you're just, oh, she's now, she's back now. Cool. Ryan? Completely agree with every, I fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, agree with all of you guys, because it's, it's, there's an idea of like, show me, don't tell me. But in this book, I'm like, Did you come up with that. No, I didn't. No, <laughs> everyone, that. everyone thinks that no, but, but the idea, like in this book, can you just tell me what's going on? Because I don't know what's going on at all times. Like, Oh, that old witch from oh, all the way back then is back. Oh, Why? Yeah. It's like, just tell me what's going on. That what the, Teeny needs to do is write a Pete wisdom book because that's the only thing that I felt was correct right now, because when that little pink mutant said, welcome to Krakoa. And he just went, ah, right. He just like freaked out. I was like, that's my favorite part right, right now. Like, I don't like anything else that's happening in this book. That was actually pretty fun. Kaylin. Clark had his hand up. Go ahead, Clark. I'm assuming Kaylin, I saw you shake your head. Um, I don't think he did Pete Wisden well. I think he did um, Captain Avalon and Jamie Braddock well. If she yeah. write an entire no. book okay. about them. Yeah, about everything. absolutely. Yeah, Pete Wisdom, I, I love Pete Wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like he's one of my favorite characters, but I think you gotta have somebody who's British writing him. Um, unfortunately, I, like, cause he, he just seemed like, um, uh, what's his face uh, in uh, Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke pretending to be a Brit. That's like, <laughs> that's all I heard. It's like, oh, I, I need to go get a pint before I go to, you know, this fucking island i'm like okay stop it like it's it's like adam kasari doing like a like an irish accent like i don't i'm sorry but actually kaylin that wasn't worse than dick van dyke <laughs> <laughs> he does I know, constantly I know. use british slang which yeah. he doesn't they don't actually explain in the comic ever and there was none of that there i wanted to hear some shit that i never hear in, in american comics but nope yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tell me someone looks fit, please. For fuck's sake. You're a fit bird, right? Oh, you're I will. Yeah. Bird. When I'm, as a person who uh, now is a Peloton piece of shit, I'm really disappointed because the British instructors are always like, you dusted that workout. And I'm like, why aren't they he's saying dusted at all? That you're just watching good. Cock Destroyers, Adam. That's all it's Peloton video. It's just I'm Cock Destroyers. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's, right. Let's. We're going to move on to the other two comics. So really quickly, Wolverine number nine, Benjamin Percy and Adam Kubert. Uh, again, the regular team. Uh, it's a very quick issue, but I really liked it because you've got Wolverine going to uh, like a crazy Marvel Universe auction. Uh, and you see people like Kingpin, the, the Verendi shitty kids, the Order of X, you know, a bunch of other uh, uh, folks. And you get to see like a bunch of um, uh, stuff for auction, including Captain America's original cowl. Green Goblin's glider, uh, Wolverine's severed hand, and then <laughs> Maverick. Yes, Maverick himself from Team X from way back when. Um, so uh, it's a very slight issue, but I think it was a very fun issue because I wasn't excited about Team X. Uh, I wasn't excited about Maverick, even though I loved him as a kid. Mostly because I thought, I thought he looked really cool and I bet he was like super hot underneath that mask. Uh, <laughs> but um, but this is I this, like. Uh, leaning into the weirdness of the Marvel Universe is always really fun for me. So I'm glad that this issue did that. Ryan? It, it was a fun issue, yeah. It was, it, I completely agree. It was super quick though. Like it, I read it in like five minutes. Yep. But uh, with that said, how many underground 
black market auctions are going on at all times. Like, and is the it's kingpin, a cottage industry? It's a cottage it, industry. Why is the kingpin? Is his is his <laughs> schedule just constantly busy? Where he's like this black market auction, this black market. Like he is always at an auction at this point. He, he's he's the mayor of New York. Mm. That's going to bright like uh, <laughs> private black auctions while also yeah. sending the thunderbolts to fight uh, dragons. <laughs> yeah, he's delegating that work so he can go to these auctions. <laughs> yeah, that's that is an interesting point because this guy is supposed to be so fucking rich. Why doesn't he have someone <laughs> there on his behalf? Oh, uh, thank you. Yes, exactly. Was, was it there? Should be, it should be a room full of nobodies, right? Who are holding up placards. Was there yeah. anyone they've got like a sign on their shirt that says, you know, representing Mr. Fisk or whatever. Was there anyone <laughs> else? I, I thought that was weird that he was seemingly like one of the only major call outs. I, I tried to like look a couple times and I'm like, these all just like generic ass black market auction people. Like there wasn't. Well, you had the Verendi kids. Like the, oh, the yes, former, I did like, see that. Right. And then you had the Order of the X. They're the ones in the, like the hoods and cloaks yeah. with the X's around. And when they see Wolverine come up, they start like worshiping him, yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> which I thought was a nice little touch. My I, favorite part about all of it was that nobody, like, I mean, I guess I assume it was building up that they all knew it was Wolverine, but I did find it hilarious that like, it was like a big surprise where it's like, I just found out there's something on the menu and it's Wolverine. I was like, did his hair like spring out of shape the minute he got called out? It was just very odd. I was just like, this is stupid as fuck and I love it. <laughs> So what do you think happened in the most recent MODOK um, issue that just happened this month in his I, miniseries? I came to this podcast for you to tell us. He and Tony Stark <laughs> went to a supervillain auction. Oh. And Lupita, <laughs> literally, I got confused when you were talking about this just now because I was like, do you remember when um, they nearly killed all of the Serpent Society? And I was like, wait a minute, that was uh, not the same auction X-Men related Marvel oh thing. It, I'm really done with that. Remember we had, how long ago during the shitty gold run, right? When we had the Finris related auction. Yeah. And the, and the twins were there. That yeah, was Generation, that was generation I, X. I think that yeah, happened well, on, on an X-Men gold. But, but then there was I'm bored by it. Then there was the Wolverine Resurrection storyline that also had an auction. <laughs> what? I don't need this anymore. It's, it's, this is bizarre. This is a bizarre trope that's going on. You know what I don't need is Black Widow's dead ass cyanide tooth. What the fuck? Who the fuck is bidding on that? I wouldn't even pay two dollars for that. Kaylin, why are you raising your hand? Is it because you're bidding? I on bid. It? I bid on it. I'm going two hundred dollars. That's my bid. Can I see it? Gen gently used. <laughs> Uh, I want to say that this to me, you know, talking about the auction, because I don't, I don't really think about it, but the fact that I've already read so many and I am not like a seasoned expert um, makes me think of the value of something like Venture Brothers because they had villains like at swimming pools or at yard sales. Uh, there are so many other places they could congregate that are evil or not, but they would all show up <laughs> at anyway. The two biggest like uh, tropes and cliches really are uh, these auctions and casinos. God damn casinos <laughs> in every genre story ever. Yes. Clark? I liked for a while, what, like two or three years ago when they had that um, country all to themselves was like Bataglia or something like that, where it was like owned and run by supervillains. 
Mm, yeah. Every yeah. random, unnecessary lame one. I know Taskmaster was heavily involved in it. It was just, and yeah. uh, Zemo, I think, was in charge of it for ages. And it was ran through like multiple series. They just like would bring him in at th- th- that in every once in a while. I'd rather see that again and just see the power structure of that than to see a fucking dumb villain auction. Yeah. So one last thing I'll say about Wolverine before we go into X-Men. Uh, Adam Kubert, I've always really loved his art and he's been around for a million years. He's been drawing X- uh, Wolverine since most of us, before most of us were born. Uh, and I love how he has evolved his style throughout the years. It's still very much him, but it, fe- it doesn't feel dated. Yeah. It feels modern, it feels fresh. The reason I'm saying that is because going into X-Men number 17, writers <laughs> Jonathan Hickman and the guest artist is Brett Booth, who he's got his fans, but my God, that guy has not evolved his style since <laughs> the 90s. It was like a bad Jim Lee pastiche. And also on top of that, Brett Booth is a piece of shit. So Marvel, please never hire him again, yes. which we know we have. Get into it because it looks like it was done years ago. Right. You're like, well, why am I reading be- this right now? So, uh, yes, I'll get into that and we'll talk about the plot for a second. Um, We have um, Cyclops and Marvel Girl in their late 80s X-Factor costumes for some reason. I love those costumes. I think they were beautifully designed. But can you give me an in-store reason of like, "Eh, we felt like, you know, well nostalgic. Let's go, you know, wear stuff stuff we haven't worn since like 1990. Um, Fine. Uh, but the issue itself was, I think, well-written because it's, uh, it, I love when Hickman brings up like the Shi'ar, when they go to Chandelar, they go in because Zandra gets kidnapped once again. Um, so, uh, Deathbird asks the, uh, the X-Men, which aren't really a team right now, to come in to help them. Uh, Sunspot and Cannonball make their cameos because Smasher, uh, who is Cannonball's wife, uh, is part of the Imperial Guard. Uh, she's cool as fuck. I love the uh, the uh, not quite gay relationship of Sunspot and Cannonball, and I love the the ending because we know that Storm is going to go off on her own mission at some point or her own quest, uh, and you get a little hint of that because Zandra says, you know, thank you for saving me. I'll give you whatever you want, and if you couldn't really tell from the art, I don't blame you because the art was bad. Uh, Storm gets very intrigued by it. that's how the issue ends Ryan so Hickman uh, when he was doing House of X and Pox or maybe I got those wrong Um, but uh, when he was doing those two titles he said a lot of the X-Men because they've had all these outfits over the years will be changing outfits Marvel Girl, or as she should be known as, as Marvel Woman, <laughs> has continued to wear a mini skirt and just um, a mask that she found at Party City throughout <laughs> this entire run. So I was, re- I, I felt a sigh of relief personally, Caitlin. I want to say that for, for seeing sure. the seeing these options, it was nice. I it was a good callback to X Factor. Um, but with that said, let's see a little bit more of that because you alluded to that such a long time ago, Hickman. I know you're going to be on this book for a while in a lot of different books, but let's let's lean into that just a bit more um, and call her Marvel Woman. Um, but yeah, the art was atrocious. And I don't know why Storm at the very tail end of this was so giving like a winky one eyebrow up looking. Hmm. 
Her false maybe, eyelash was broken. That's she's like, I'm maybe doing. I could run a galaxy. Is that what I would, was? Was that the takeaway? I was confused. I love Hickman, but what is going on? Clerk. Um, I felt like this was the most x many issue that he's done on yeah. this series, just in terms of it did feel like Claremont in a way yeah. more so than anything else. Just the plot structure, just what was happening and how it was built out. Uh, the other thing is I really like how they're, they portrayed Zandra yeah. in a way that she wasn't like, you know, seemingly some weak-willed blah, blah, blah. She actually was intelligent and did have some a level of snark to it in a way. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Clark. Ryan is Ryan currently is. zooming in on a direct feed of Ryan. What page is that on so the audience can follow? Please to show. Bitch, me. it's the last panel where Storm is like, "Well, maybe I will," and we don't know what she's willing. <laughs> it's page twenty-three. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I had my screen open for that. I wish you didn't. <laughs> anyway, I was very pleased with this issue, besides the fact the art was nonsense, and yeah. I even if the art was really good, I. I don't want to deal with that man. Yeah. I don't, want to, I, yeah. Don't want to, I don't want to say his art is good if his art was, in fact, good. But it wasn't, yeah, so for I don't sure. have to deal with that. For sure. Uh, Clark, you're right, though. It reminded me a lot of uh, Uncanny number 275. It's when, uh, like, the team is finally coming back together, and they're all wearing the same outfits. They've got to go save Professor X in Shi'ar space, and then he gets replaced by a Skrull. Uh, and, <laughs> That's a terrible um, storyline. It, it was, but as a same kid, vibe. I loved it because it was like the same vibe. And that's when I love Jim Lee's art. Like that was, he was like, oh my God, he's the best absolute thing mm -hmm. ever. And uh, like just the way that uh, Brett Booth like drew some of the, um, the Shi'ar ships and some of the other alien races in, uh, in, 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 in the Marvel like expanded universe, it gave me that feel, but obviously he's not as talented as Jim Lee. And at the Clark's point, he's a piece of shit. Don't give him any more work, please. I thought they, I was just gonna say, I thought they kind of juggled pretty well of this idea of the Stygians and uh, the She, like, yeah, the Shi'ar. Because I was uh, like reading the book, and obviously, you know, he's the mean baddie that's trying to kill this potential empress in training. And I was like, yeah, I'm like kind of on the Stygians like side. But then I liked that, you know, she's like, you don't even know who the fuck I am. Maybe I would have changed a bunch of stuff. And then Storm's like, you know, there's like a good way, bad way. I'm giving you this opportunity to let's slow down and we can talk this out. And then she's like, no, fuck you. You gay, I gave you that chance. I thought it like wrapped around nicely. And then obviously that typical, like, I love that trope of like the child leader who's always like, you'll be my lead now. Like, I want to know what you think and you have to yeah. lead. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, bitch, get out of here. But I was also yeah. like, okay, that's like, a, it's at least a thoughtful ending to what could have been a really weird, like, meta storyline where you're like, ooh, it's not really how. This is like, I don't want these things to get accepted in reality. <laughs> like, it was, uh, but yeah, overall the art was, it was so weird. And I think to your point, like it definitely, it fits the old school mode. The, the art certainly helps. I think if it was like a very progressive art style, it probably wouldn't connect as much, but boy, yeah, did I, as I was flipping through it, I was like, is this like just a reprint from like 20 years ago that we missed? Uh, 30 yeah, years ago, bitch. I like that. Yeah. It looks, it just looked like shards of metal were going around all the time. I was like, what is that? And then I was like, is danger in one of the panels? Like, it was so confusing, the art. <laughs> mm. 
What are you going to say, Clark? One Tell of the things more. I like about the um, the Guardians, the um, of the Shi'ar, is that every single one of them is just a member of their own race and has those powers, and we never really see their worlds. And obviously, they exist because they're on this team for the, a certain reason. And the fact that we have not really gotten anything of the Stygian race, um, Neutron is is their member from that world on that team. I just like the fact that we're I want to I want to find out about so many different planets of each of these super guardian or the guardians, especially point. my favorite one who we got a slight uh, picture of Hussar, the the orange woman with the whip, and oh, a, a bald head with blonde hair. I'm, yes. I love her. It's such a weird visual, and I want to I want to know so much about her. But I did like that. I I like I like fleshing out any fucking thing you want to flesh out in the world. I'll take. There, oh, it's so funny how like, cause I know most of the Shi'ar visual designs from the comics and I'm always just like, it's amazing how iconic they all are, even though they're like weirdly also generic. Like they all look like strange, like action figures from the eighties, but you're like, I remember that bitch who's just a cape that shoots laser beams out of her entire body. (laughs) One of them is just like He-Man. One of them is Tigra. One of them is, you're just like, I know all these characters. Yeah. All right, well, that's the comics. Uh, I thought uh, Kaylin might wrap it up, but I guess it's me. Um, so we're going to punt on news. Uh, next week, we will talk about um, Sandman casting and Heroes Reborn. So let's move on to our very last segment. Uh, Clark, I believe you have something and we should all watch out. Yeah, mine um, is going back in time a little bit. We were talking about the 10 um, possible X-Men that we were voting on. I was thinking, and because Kalen brought it up, and I forgot the fact that Tempo is is the is Krakoa's whiskey manufacturer. <laughs> what right. what companies would these ten characters um, advertise for? Ooh, like, for oh, example, Polaris oh, is literally going to be an advertisement for lithium. Yes, of course. But who else? What other characters? Kalen, who else would be involved? Uh, uh, Banshee for a karaoke bar. Mm. Oh, yes. I like that. Uh, uh, Cyclops for um, Warby Parker. <laughs> I I think uh, Forge for Boston Dynamics would be a very good fit, making those robots. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sunspot Sunspot for Sunspot Brands uh, Skin Tan Lotion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Get that spot of sun with Sunspot Brand Skin Tan Lotion. Uh, Cannonball would just be the advertiser for the association of uh, pilot, uh, pirate like play sets. Like he would, you know, like people want to like reenact pirate experiences. They'd be like, hire me, Cannonball. Tempo could easily, Tempo could easily be like a DJ where it's like push the tempo, push the tempo, or just sell buckets, whatever she wants to. (laughs) Uh, Either the either of the two, honestly. I uh, hate that so much. <laughs> but it's so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about how about uh, uh, Strong Guy Steroids? You'll bring hell <laughs> with Strong Guy Steroids. Oh, my God. It's better than mutant growth hormone is what they would do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marrow's definitely red. How, hey, how do you think? I used to just be guy, but now I'm strong guy with Strong Guy Steroids. Cannonballs, uh, I don't know, bowling balls. I don't know. What the fuck is he oh gonna my. sell? Baby the circus. powder? Oh, the yeah, goddamn maybe. circus. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I shooting want, out of a yeah. 
I want Boom Boom to be like advertising fireball liquor and yeah. just being yeah. wasted the entire time. And as the commercial goes on, getting more and more fucked up. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah. I was uh, thinking of, uh, God, what is that? That's not Spirit of Halloween, but there's that fireworks company that like is everywhere and they're like, char- they're like, mascot looks like a superhero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Phantom or something like yeah, that? Phantom is that it? Fireworks. Yeah. I think that's what it is. But they just replaced, now it's just her. Or what's funny is because they always like, used to go to South of the Border, that like weird resort in like the middle of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know Jubilee is, and Jubilee is pissed. She's like, I missed that marketing deal for my son that I won't shut up about. Yeah. (laughs) Marrow would just be advertising the Museum of Natural Science where they have all the (laughs) dinosaur bones. Brought my own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I, Forge Forge would have like uh, like a kids tinker toy set where you actually like build things. I think That's Forge nice. would be more of like an Apple guy, so he would just like be like the new Steve Jobs, where he's just like, well, the thing about that, and just like do like talks and stuff like that <laughs> about all his new inventions and such. And you're like, okay. I actually imagine when you said Apple, like he's just working at the Genius Bar, and like you bring him your iPhone, and you're like, <laughs> have you tried turning it on and off? Yeah, and uh, they're like, "Oh, okay." He's putting straight up plants in it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Sunspot would try to go a little Elon Musky, and just in terms of just being a douchebag who kind of can fund any that. fucking thing he wants to because he's rich as shit. Yeah, um, we missed a very clear uh, campaign for Under Armour. <laughs> so that's it. But like Over Armour, yes. Yeah. She's like, where I wear Under Armour while I armor up on or above armor. That's her ability. It's not a successful <laughs> campaign. Yeah. What, what advertising Jeez. firm greenlit that? Yikes! Sunspot. Uh, this is this is actually terrible. This is actually a terrible one. So I'm probably gonna get shit on. But Polaris uh, advertising medications to for her. I just said uh-huh. lithium. That was the first thing yeah, I said. Yeah, I know. That's fine. Oh, I was thinking, I wasn't I just was talking about the element. I was just, just oh, advertising. Uh, I <laughs> no, I legit <laughs> thought you were talking about Energizer batteries too, Clark. I was like, thank you. I was like, yeah. She is not the magnet, yeah. Yeah. Strong guys advertising for carbon. Oh, no. Polaris only advertises those smarter image things that they don't stop, the perpetual motion like beads. She's like, she's the one, she's like, She's like, you won't believe it's magic. <laughs> and you're like, I, I do. That sounds great. I'm really into that. Uh, Cannonball really that. has nothing, you know? Yeah. I think his would just sure be like parenting stuff. Yeah, his would be his like would a self like, help book for like parenting while I'm a superhero. Oh, no, I got one. I got one. I got one. Because remember, he's from Kentucky. So it would be about. Visit Kentucky. It's not as bad as you think. It's like a tourism oh, no. commercial. Oh, I think it's like while the he's in space. His father was killed. Yeah, while he's in space. Yes, exactly. I think of the you know the California commercials. They're always like California's great. There's all those celebrities and like yeah. it's a normal Kentucky commercial, and it cuts to him like flying through the air in space, going like it's awesome. <laughs> You're like what? <laughs> I think and I, I, back there drinking bourbon. Right. I, I imagine him being like a retired, you know, football player who like has like a car dealership 
Oh God! <laughs> some strip mall, you know, type store where he's just hawking some garbage. Vacuum. Honestly, I see him as basketball player, uh, not the quibble, but like you're totally on there because he's tall and lanky. And plus, Kentucky does have good basketball teams. The the universities do. I'd think, like to see like a three person group where it's Tempo and Banshee and Cannonball doing a whiskey commercial because we yes. got like Kentucky bourbon and obviously Ireland has a lot of drunk ass whiskey folk. And obviously, <laughs> since we have Tempo suddenly being involved in whiskey, just have like a, a tag team version of something like that. I don't Hold know up. if it's an advertisement, but if Strong Guy just did a thing of like, I used to be a Satanist slash Satan. And now I, I found Krakoa. So like a weird cultist, honestly. I think yeah, he could do that, okay. yeah. Not the last one. Yeah, it's obvious Banshee for Bose noise-canceling headphones. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> the only thing I want work. now, and it doesn't really work, but I want it to, is um, do you remember those Got Milk commercials? I really want Strong Guy to do a Got Milk commercial that just kind of is so horrifying because you certainly don't want to drink milk and look like whatever he's looking like. There's <laughs> 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 some kid yeah. looking and suddenly they see some nightmare. <laughs> Oh yeah, stay stay away from milk. <laughs> don't drink milk. What, what, yeah, the anti-lactose council or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, with that, that's been our pod. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Twitter at Homo Superior X, and Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. We've been Homo Superior, the advertisers you can trust. Bye. 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 Bo. <laughs>